welcome to the Group Home Riches Podcast. If you have the desire to be your own boss, create your own schedule, and become financially free while at the same time helping people in need, then you've come to the right place. At GroupHomeRiches.com, we teach people exactly like yourself how to get started in the group home business. And on this podcast, you're going to hear their stories firsthand. All right, so let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Group Home Riches podcast. I'm excited for this episode. I spoke with this gentleman. It was just about a year ago. Orlando had been, you know, he had just started his search. He was just searching the internet about three weeks prior to the recording. I remember I wrote this quote down. He said, I'm a man of action more so than talking. If I'm going to do something, I put my mind towards it, pray about it and execute. And that's exactly what he did. So three weeks after researching, he had his first home. He was moving in his first tenant. He had, I think it was two or three other properties kind of lined up. We're doing our basically one year anniversary to see how his first year went. And judging by the emails, it's gone pretty good. (laughs) So we have Orlando on the call as well as the founder of Group Home Riches has been a minute since he's hopped on one of the podcasts. So excited to kind of see what he's been up to as well. So uh, gentlemen, welcome. Orlando, I'll let, I'll let you introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you, Brandon and Andy. See, Orlando Bryant, um, the owner of Borealis Group Homes. And I've been with the program since last May, like mid-May of last year, 2021. I had started off with four homes pretty quickly by God's grace right after starting the, the course and taking a lot of action and learning as I go. Um, and now as a result of the relationships, I think it's been the biggest thing that's got me to where I am now. Again, I'm going to say blessings throughout this whole podcast, but the blessings and just relationships I've been able to build with the housing providers and the agencies that I'm working with now having 12 homes since I started last year, it's been very rewarding. And, and it's been great just to be able to help people who are in need of housing. So thanks for having me. That, that is awesome. And you're right. It is. Yeah. Faith-based prayer-based, you know, you got a lot of, a lot of good stuff coming your way when you do good things. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, for the folks that maybe they haven't tuned in and, and been following us for a while. Andy, why don't you give your elevator pitch and let, let the people know who they're talking to. Yeah. So I started doing this, I mean, it's already 2000, 2022. It's crazy how fast it all goes. But I started doing this about 20 years ago. And as you guys, a lot of you guys probably already know my story, but I started buying, bought a little two bedroom, one bath condo in Dallas. Then I bought another one. Then I bought another one, sold some of those a couple of years later, 1031 them. And just, I think I bought, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight properties, something like that. And I'd, I'd already, I just continued buying properties since then. But you know, it's, it's a good business. Running regular real estate is good. It, it is a lot of time, energy, and effort. And then what I realized was that there was a huge demand for individuals that are getting out of hospitals, basically just like niche real estate, you know, kind of affordable housing. And um, started doing exactly what we teach in all the courses and wound up speaking with a lot of administrators at hospitals, a lot of the local nonprofits, folks like that. And the next thing I knew, they were sending me you know, a lot of these people that are on government subsidies, SSI, SSDI, oftentimes those hospitals and other nonprofits 
they have got a lot of money to pump into housing, basically supportive housing. So it took one guy, then took another, then we wound up meeting uh, his caseworker. And that guy wound up shipping us a ton of people. And the next thing you know, we had, you know, a full house and set up another house, basically said, all right, I'm not going to be renting these things out anymore. I'll have the business pay me rent and uh, converted over another property into a group home, another property into a group home, another property into a group home and really just cookie cutter to the business. Yeah, it, it set me up. And obviously this is, you know, this is 20 years ago, but it set me up. It was the first real like high cash flow passive business that I really ever had. So that's really my story in a nutshell. Perfect. So Orlando, we last time we spoke, it was it was literally <laughs> three weeks after you had begun your research, which was mm-hmm. wild. And now just to, you know, you checked in a couple of weeks ago. Let the folks out there know how many properties did you do in your first year? So the first year I did nine. And then in March is when I got my last three here. And it's been by word of mouth and actually helping people that wanted to start doing what I'm doing just by me posting online what my, my business and, and what I'm doing to help people who are homeless. One of my business partners for, for the real estate investing business that we have, he had connected me with a friend who had various homes. So trying to do the short-term rental play. Um, Airbnb wasn't working very working well for him, so he wanted to try and leverage the um, cooperative living strategy. So we talked last summer. I gave him the blueprint, pretty much. I didn't give him any of the GRH content, but I gave him all the knowledge that I have at that point to let him know what to do, and also just the context I had. I shared everything with him. Things didn't work out for him, so he connected with me um, in February, just asking to see if I was interested in one of his properties. Ended up having so that one went really good, and then after acquiring the first property, he was like, "Hey, if this one works out, I have another house and a duplex that might you might be interested in as well." I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll take the duplex too." So we locked that one up, and then through one of my housing partners, um, just uh, over the last two months now, one of the agencies they referred me to an employee who was going through a situation with her family, and she needed to get her, her house, so. Just all word of mouth here lately, which has been, again, a blessing to be able to help people who are in a situation. But again, on the flip side, being able to, to provide housing to the clients or people that actually need homes or, or rooms. So it's been good. It's like I said, it's been a journey, though, that's for sure. It's not easy. <laughs> yeah, not, not easy. We always say, hey, it's, it's a simple business model. But yeah, definitely not easy if you're managing 12 properties with you know any uh, strategy. So it's going to yeah. be a lot of moving parts, but yeah. uh, Orlando just dropped a whole bunch of nuggets in that answer about, you know, partnerships and networking, you know, not being easy. <laughs> yeah. Not, not being easy, but you know, if, if getting rich was easy, everybody would be rich. 12 properties in a little over a year. I'm pretty sure that might be the record that I've seen. There's anybody out there that's, that's beaten that shoot me an email for sure. Andy, how much do you remember? Oh, how many dude, you that, did in your first property or your first no, year? We didn't get 12 up in 12 months. Uh, no, I mean, it's just, it's just a lot of work, right? I mean, you're fi- it's not just about staffing them. You got to get the properties fixed up. You got to get them uh, furnished. I mean, it's, it's a ton of work. Yeah. The beauty of the business though, is that once everything is up and going and it's stabilized, it's pretty routine. I mean, it's a very stable business. You know, 
within probably 10% variation or variability, what your numbers are going to look like. It's just a cash flow, cash cow business. So the first year, it really just your setup is the hardest. And then once you're there, like, I mean, you got 12, how many beds do you have total, Orlando? Uh, let's see. So all the houses, except for two of them are four bedrooms. The others are five bedrooms. So, And do you do two people to a room or how do you do it? No, in Minnesota, within the, the least within the counties that I'm, I have my houses, a lot of the people are more on the agency side. They prefer single room occupancies. So yeah. yep. that's what my strategy is right now, except for I have two couples that are sharing units, but I'm getting paid double for them, which is nice. Okay. So how many people are you collecting from on a monthly basis with all that? Um, let me see. So 10 times four, so 40, 40 plus, so 50 beds. Yeah. Right now I have occupancy. I want to say I have six beds that are not occupied this time. Dude, I mean, just think about those numbers. It's incredible. Yeah, this, this, this is nice. The, the one thing that I'm experiencing is, just from my experience last year when I started out and to now, seeing that the, there's a higher demand in the wintertime versus the summertime, yep. people like to move out or they don't want to live in a cooperative living space anymore. So there's just that, especially in the warm time. So things kind of slow down as it relates to the number of um, beds filled in the summer versus the winter, but that's all good. But now just being able to, to make some property repairs, which is nice to do and get things ready for the winter is where I'm focusing on right now with, with all the houses. Cause I did experience the winter heat bills was, I didn't budget for that the proper way. So now knowing what I got to do to winterize the properties uh, more to save some energy there for this next year. So my budget isn't tapping. Yeah, so it doesn't get thrown up the whack. And that's an interesting point that you're making because obviously like in our courses, we don't have it specifically budgeted out for people in California where the weather is very mild compared to Texas. Like our energy bills go sky high during the summertime, right? Because everyone wants to be running their AC at like 65 degrees and it's, yep. you just can't, you can't do it. You can if you're running high, high level properties, but uh, yeah. obviously you're up there in Minnesota. So during the winter months, everybody is like, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to be outside. I need to be inside. So you're not, it's just, it's interesting because it's probably more of a seasonal business where you are versus the, you know, for the folks in California or more temperate climates. Sure. Orlando previously, before you found us, you were, you know, interested in real estate. You had been looking into real estate investing. I think you had your first rental property, right? Yeah. So I've had, by the time we were talking last year, I had five rental properties. I haven't bought anything since last year because I'm trying to get some of the bigger projects completed. So we pause on buying. So now I actually, we did buy, we bought some land, we bought land um, in a couple of areas now. So now knowing what I can do with my business and the, the partners I've got with the housing agencies or housing partners, we're planning on building an apartment complex right next to a house we bought last spring. And then in um, Eau Claire, Wisconsin, it's a college town. So we're going to build some duplexes out there as well. But being able to leverage that apartment complex to get more people in the single room occupancy units um, is going to be pretty a major impact for the city of St. Paul and the residents that need low income housing. So it'll be good. 
that's going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I asked that, you know, maybe for the folks out there that, you know, they're researching real estate strategies, right? Maybe they're just starting out. Hey, should I buy and hold? Should I fix and flip? What do you think are some of the advantages with the cooperative living model compared to the other strategies out there that you've seen? Well, the, the one is being able to get higher profit within a single family home. And then on the flip side of that is, is being able to get this, depending on what your, your, your strategy your, or your demographic is, being able to get the, the guaranteed money from the state, the county, from the, the government, or from insurance or, or other, other means, but getting that guaranteed money in addition to leveraging the, the overall profit for four people, five people living in a home versus just one family is exponential. And knowing that it's going to ha- definitely help just um, put your overall bottom line with profit, you know? So, Andy, same question thrown to you, sir. Okay. So number one, I mean, I am a big advocate of owning the real estate. Obviously we're going to be going through some tumultuous times, I think over the next, you know, 12 to 36 months, but just in general, I think it's a good strategy to own the stuff, right? You get to depreciate it. If you want, you can cost seg it. There's a lot of things that you can do on that end. Over the course of the next five to 10 or 15 years, if you've got a long enough time horizon, I think it's going to make sense, right? I mean, they're going to continue devaluing the dollar and the real estate you know, should go up in, in value compared to you know, US dollars. So I think it's a wise decision if you can buy the real estate. So buy it and hold on to it. Okay. So that's number one. But if you're doing it in a traditional way and you're out there buying, let's just say for sake of argument, $120,000 home, like nine out of 10 people are like, oh yeah, my mortgage is a thousand bucks. My PITI is 800. I'm making $200 a month. You're not making $200 a month because you never factored in vacancy and you haven't factored in any of the CapEx, let alone any of just the normal maintenance, right? I mean, anything can happen. So you're not making the 200, you're probably losing 300, but you think you're making 200. So that's what happens, right? Now, if you convert the thing into a group home and you got a four bedroom house, you can do it the way Orlando's doing it, or you can do it how I've done it. And we, what we do is we just take two people, put them in a room. So, you know, people have roommates. So you have a four bedroom house, you have eight people and each person is paying you call it 600 to a thousand dollars a month. You can do the math. And so, you know, if your PITI again is $800 a month and you've got, again, eight people paying you again, for sake of argument, a thousand dollars a month, like you're, you're totally fine. It doesn't even matter. So you got ample cash flow. Number one, number two, you got a full-time house manager over there. If you follow the way that we you know, set things up and you got your house manager over there and they're handling all the maintenance, the repairs, the expenses, and it really can be a hell of a lot more passive than running your average, you know, section eight property or just rental home. So that's the way that we like to do it. Fix and flip. I think it could be a good strategy, but I mean, there's a lot of people that are getting caught right now. Just in the last 45 days, rates have gone from, you know, call it three and a half percent to upwards of, you know, six and a half, seven percent. So those people are stuck. They can't sell the properties anymore. The wholesalers, the wholesalers are stuck in the middle right now because people still think that their homes are worth 200 grand. And the average investor is only going to pay a hundred for them. So wholesalers aren't making any money. The group home people are making the money. Um, and again, it's not all about making the money, but let me tell you what, when you are making money, it sure makes things a lot easier. So yep. that's my thought on it. 
Yeah, you bring up a good point too, Andy, about the systems or, or the, the house manager and just having to be more passive than actually working in the business. And that's where I'm, I'm trying to get to. So I still work full time um, as a cybersecurity consultant. I'm mean, going to have two other businesses as well. So my time is stretched very, very thin. So kind of going back to your point earlier is once you get in the hang of it, you get that role and you can do multiple houses and you get the systems in place, you know what you're going to buy for each home, the beds, the, the furniture, the pots and pans, and that list you guys provide within the Group Home Bitches course, that content, that's extremely helpful because I leveraged that. I just took snapshots of it, went to Walmart, went to Costco, and just got all the supplies for each property. And then as I got more properties, it was just, and it was an automatic thing, you know, look at my list, go to the store. I know what I'm going to spend. I know what the expenses are going to be for that specific house. And then for all of them, but again, at this point now, just, just with so many properties is being able to get some systems implemented to not have to do the work or even trying to hire someone to do some of the, the work for me or go to the properties when the residents call or text about issues, you know? Right. So I'm at the point to getting that, that other person to help as opposed to trying to still continue to do everything myself. The beauty of where you are, the hardest part is the build out, right? Getting yep. to a point of critical mass. And you're already there. I mean, you got 50 beds, you got 12 houses. If you wanted to, you could add a lot more beds. But there's enough revenue now coming in where you can pay somebody, if you mm-hmm. wanted to, to oversee those 12 homes. So again, it just kind of depends on what your goals are. I mean, if you're like, hey, you know, because you've got your IT consulting business, if you're making more money from that than you are from the group home business, okay, well, hire somebody and give them, you know, 20% of the profits to run that business for you. I mean, there's so many ways of skinning the cat and cutting it up. If you didn't want to do that, you could just, you know, pay somebody by the hour to run them. There's a multitude of ways of doing it. If you keep looking at it and you're like, hey, you know what? I really love this business. I see how it scales. You go, maybe, you, maybe you spend the next 12 months adding another 12 properties. Yeah. So, you know, I hope to each his own. The, the beauty of this business is that, if you really want to, you get two or three of these things up and going. Obviously, you've done a ton more than that, but you can get two or three of these things up and going. And um, you've got a really nice, solid, stable monthly cash flow that, frankly, if you live in middle America, can support yourself. Oh, yeah. Or, Linda, are you to the point where you know the, the income from the group home business is close to your, your nine to five position? Um, no, I, I make pretty good money. I'm a nine to five. So yeah. it's, it, well, I, I would say the the numbers are almost in alignment with what I, what I get on annual salary, but the expenses are still high. So kind of going back to, to Andy's strategy right now, I rent all my houses. So my rents are, I probably average $2,000, $2,100 a month in rent. So I'm making a good profit, but still part of that is the, the major expense right now is just rent. So having cash flow, but I can definitely have more if I was actually owning the properties and paying less than the mortgage versus renting to the owners of the property managers. So yeah, I know I keep saying I have like a three-month exit strategy, but I just haven't written it down because I do eventually plan to leverage this business and others to get out of consulting eventually. Got those, the golden handcuffs kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Andy, I had a question for you. I know you've yeah. answered this for me before. Just for the folks out there listening, you know, what, what is it estimated, what do you think the ROI is on your group home? Homes? <laughs> I mean, 
if it takes a calculator to figure out if it's a good investment, it's not a good investment. I mean, we honestly, man, like just do quick math on it, right? Maybe it's costing or cost me $1,500 to get these things up and going because we would go to the Salvation Army and get all the stuff yeah. for free. I would send the guys over there and I say for free, but we were getting couches for $5. We were getting washing machines for $25. We were getting TVs for $5. And so we were, again, fully outfitting these properties for at most maybe $1,500. And that would also include the spectrum cable security deposit, the utility security deposit, all that stuff. So 1500 bucks, I mean, you have all your money back, you know, like in 10 days. Yep. So- I mean, it's pointless to even try to <laughs> figure it out, but it's a super, super, super high ROI. And the reality is anybody with, you don't even have to have resources. You just got to be somewhat resourceful. Anybody with a little bit of resourcefulness can come up with $1,500. If you don't think you can come up with $1,500, go ask the guy on the on the street corner that's out there uh, washing windshields. I mean, that, that guy's making $1,500 every couple of weeks. Easy. So- I know that that sounds a little bit crude, but it's it's the reality. And uh, a key there that Orlando, you guys might might have caught for the beginners out there. And we covered this a lot on the last interview. So if you guys want to hear kind of the strategies in detail, go back and listen to the first podcast we did with Orlando. But guys, Orlando is renting all of his properties. So you don't have to have like a ton of cash to be able to go, you know, purchase a property outright or put 20% down. So Orlando got into the properties. Were there any creative strategies as far as like acquiring the properties, Orlando, or are they just kind of straight leases with the people that own the Yeah, homes? They're, they're all straight leases with, so two good things for me, again, I, I mentioned relationships during the intro. So with the property management company, um, from one of them that I'm working with, we're, we're partners now. So I, I talked with the guy last spring, um, let him know I was serious, showed up on time to our, our house tour, talked to him about the property. I built a report with them right away versus going in saying, hey, can you rent to a business? I went in with the guys of me wanting to actually live in the home, asked a lot of different questions. What's the, the neighborhood like? What's the demographics, et cetera. And then during our conversation at the house tour, I asked him, do you guys lease to LLCs? And he's like, yeah, what are you trying to do? I let him know my business strategy, partnering with the counties, partnering with the agencies to help people get into housing and my business paying them the monthly rent to the property management company. So that worked really well. Locked up the first house, got the second house. And then his leasing manager, then he pretty much just put me in contact with him for all the subsequent tours that we had. And he gave me like the lockbox code to the houses so I can show up and just go walk in. And, and if I was in the area, take a look at the property without them even being there. And it came to the point where they were saying, they called me and say, hey, we have a new home. Are you interested in this house for your business? So it was a really good partnership and we continue to do business today. But the one thing for me, just on the finance side, so I had savings, but I didn't want to use all my own cash. So I talked about my, my business bank commercial um, lender, sorry, not lender, but just the business rep. And I just let her know about my business strategy. And I wanted to get just a business credit card. So I talked with her about that, got the business credit card in two days, $10,000 limit. Um, that was all good. 
And then two months into it, when I wanted to, I had four houses then, wanted to continue to scale. I sent her and I was like, hey, I want to get more homes because I had a partner that was asking, do I have uh, more houses? They needed like six people that needed homes or beds. I was like, yeah, let me try and get some more money quick. So I talked with her, got a line of credit. I asked for 50,000. She gave me, they gave me 20, which is still cool. So it just allowed me to scale my business even more and then being able to pay the rent on time, again, going to the whole relationship partnership piece, them seeing me pay every time, every month on time, it just puts them at ease. So, so that's been very beneficial and helpful for me to help scale and just to continue to cultivate these relationships, strengthen relationships I have with my, my housing partners. Let me make a quick comment on that. Something very interesting. I do the exact same thing. You mentioned the landlord or the future landlord basically said, here's the lockbox code, go yep. over there and tour it yourself. Okay. Yep. Everybody needs to understand the reason why people get into the real estate game is because they do not want to work a nine to five or they're already working a nine to five, right? So people don't want to you know, waste time driving 20 minutes to open up a property for somebody that may not even show up, right? So <laughs> you have to really understand the mentality and the mindset of the average landlord. And to Orlando's point, they just want to be reassured that they're going to get their check and they're not going to get a bunch of phone calls. That's the most important thing. And you can tell that when they're like, I'm not going to meet you over there. Here's the lockbox. Go over there and tour it yourself. That's the mentality that 9.9 out of 10 landlords have. So you have to know that going into it. So true. And I, I'm a landlord too. So for my other businesses, and I don't want to drive, like you were just saying to your point, two hours to one of my houses that are up for sale right now to meet with the people that want to potentially buy it or just rent it long-term. So again, building trust within those people prior to getting them in the house and having local contacts in the area as well has been very helpful. It's just saving me time and money and, and gas also. So, yeah. But again, relationships is the biggest thing. Yeah, relationships are just building that trust with the housing partners, the agencies as well that that refer the clients to your homes, and also for that piece, the responsiveness. So the home, similar to you, Andy, and probably you too, Brandon, outfit in the house, everything is in there. So it's just like a hotel; they just bring their clothes if they want to. That's all they have to bring. And the housing partners seeing that, seeing the homes are clean, they see they're in good areas, they're on on or near uh, public transportation lines as well. Yeah. And letting them know that, yes, I work full time, but I'm going to be responsive to them when they reach out to me by call, by text, et cetera. And again, that just helps build that, that trust, that relationship. And they see that I'm legit. Uh, my, my documentation is all the documentation for within the group of I still leverage that today for my licensee agreement, or I do have another lease that I do share for some clients as well. But all that, the content that you guys have within the course, definitely set me up for success. I, I read through it all, listened to the podcast, and just took what I knew also prior, my prior knowledge in investing and being a landlord and, and put it all together to, to get to where I am today. And, and again, it's by God's grace, I'm, I'm here. Well, you're yeah, helping out a lot of people. So. so yeah, it's been good. Yeah, we like to say the the more people you help, the more money you're going to make, you know, just a, a constant, you know, uh, energy stream. So yeah. You've talked about relationships a lot, Orlando. So on both ends, right? With the housing and also the referral sources. So I kind of wanted to dive into that because that's something a lot of, 
you know, my coaching clients and, and you see it in the Facebook group. I still see you, you know, pretty active in there. So thank you for that. But yeah. a lot of the folks, I have to hammer this point across. They're scared to just pick up the phone and mm. call these agencies or caseworkers. They, they think they're going to get yelled at, you know, because they don't have a license or maybe they don't know every single system in place yet. Right. Yeah. So why don't you tell like after, you know, you, I'm sure you have a whole bunch of relationships and connections. What's it like on that side? You know, are they tough to talk to? Do, are they happy that you're calling them? What's it like with that? You know, do you need to sell your services or is it more like a, a partnership kind of deal? At this point, it's definitely a partnership, but just, just going into it initially, I was cold calling or emailing various agencies and it was just that six degrees of separation because they connect me with someone else, the other person connect with somebody else and got to the, the people that actually look for homes for their clients. So getting to that, it was actually pretty easy with the emails and the emails out initially, and then just getting forwarded over, forwarded over, and then actually getting on a call with somebody. But from that stand, I wasn't intimidated to do it. It was more, I was very gung-ho and passionate about what I was doing. So I put the action, put the plan in action and actually executed the plan. So yeah, it was, it was good. And once you actually start talking to them, they're happy to want to talk with you and learn about your business. And they're definitely excited to just come out and see the properties, either virtually or in person, because that's where we actually build the, the most relationship with that rapport up is let them talk with them in person. So doing all those things and then letting them know that I have standards, expectations are going to be set, policies, procedures, again, from the, the group home riches course content. And they seen all that. And then just, again, allowing them to gain trust in me at that point, because they don't want to refer a client or have our house a client that they think is going to be a slumlord or someone that they can't trust or isn't going to be responsive to the inquiries that they have with me. So it, it was it was easy. Just again, putting that business mindset in um, and talking with them and letting them know about my business and they having that relationship that or the, or the interest in working with me was the biggest thing. And, and again, you start off with one. If one goes well, then there's just a, a pipeline that was created. And here we are today with the homes and the tenants. I will say from the tenant side, there's definitely those hiccups or the individuals that are going through certain things, the, just the transition from homeless to being in a house and bringing all of their bad habits with them. So for me, it was definitely just being flexible, giving grace, and just being patient with everybody as well, not judging, letting people know that this is their home now, stick to the policies, no people staying over late or no overnight guests, et cetera, and then just building that relationship with the, the clients as well, living in the homes. Um, it's definitely been another piece that's a journey because not everybody wants to abide by their policies or they think that they can do whatever they want in a home, which isn't the case. So it's a process and it's been a fun journey, hard, sometimes easy at others, but it's been good. The, the beauty of this business also, though, this is the reality. It is a, it's a cash machine. It's very good. You are helping people out, but you do have to learn how to screen people. To your yeah. point, Orlando, it's like, because if you start taking in the wrong type of people, you're just going to create a nightmare for yourself. So, right. but there are a lot of really, really, really good people out there that, you know, for whatever reason have fallen on tough times. So mm -hmm. that all being said, you're managing personalities. 
So if you can get this business up and going and even just manage two or three of these things, you can run any business out there. This has got to be one of the ultimate training grounds, you know, for business operations. So that's both of your guys' comments there are a perfect segue to the next topic I kind of wanted to cover because Orlando brought it up earlier. So I think he could get a lot of value from this, Andy. Just to kind of paint the picture for the folks out there, what Andy does is, you know, he's focusing on the real estate, right? He's acquiring the real estate. He has all the connections in place already for the housing referrals. We have some systems in place that are covered in, in the gold course as far as the paperwork, you know, how to get paid and everything like that. But kind of the keys that I think you could take away from this, Orlando, because it sounds like you don't have it in place. In each property, you know, the majority of them, Andy's going to have what we call the housing supervisor or housing manager. And then above that, he's going to have his operational manager that just kind of manages the day-to-day activities for, you know, probably anywhere from 10 to 20 properties when you guys were really rocking and rolling, Andy. So as far as those two key positions, why don't you break down kind of your process and what you look for in those two, like the supervisor position and then the management position, Andy? Yeah. So manager, I mean, you just want somebody that you can trust. Orlando has used that word a couple of times. Trust is really the most important thing. You want to like them, you want to admire them, and you want to trust them. If you can hit all three of those things, you've hit the jackpot. And I know they sound like easy things, but again, you have to like the person, you have to admire them, and you have to trust them. Those are three things that are pretty difficult to meet, three expectations that are difficult to meet. So most importantly, you got to be able to trust them. And then number two, I mean, all they really need to do is just manage things, you know, manage the house manager. So you put your ad out on, you know, Indeed or whatever it is, and you just start looking for people. What type of personality is going to be good for running this business? You know, kind of like a, in my personal, (laughs) in my personal opinion, you know, maybe like an older military guy, something like that. And I say older military guy, gal as well. I mean, just look at the people that are, on our Facebook group. I mean, these people are are crushing it right now. So talk to them. And then as far as somebody in the house, just look for your most responsible tenant that doesn't want to move, you know, and they, they need to have the desire to have responsibility of the house. You know, they're not, these people are not the sorts that want to own mansions and Maseratis Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. They want a nice room and they want to basically tell everybody in the house, what to do, when to clean up, how to clean up, things along those lines. So that, that's really what you're looking for. Yeah, those definitely some good tips. Now, as far as the housing supervisor, so the person that's in the house, so like what's, you know, are they W-2'd employees or what's that? They're, like? they're, just, they're just living there. They get a discounted rent. If the room rents out for $750, you know, maybe you're letting them stay there for $375 or $400 but they're overseeing everything, right? They're not overseeing collections. You know, your, your manager needs to be responsible for the money, but they're overseeing that all the house chores are getting done. And typically that's how we do it, right? So person in room 1A, they're responsible for the floors. Person in room 1B, they're responsible for the kitchen. Person, you know, in room C, they're responsible for the walls, making sure that the walls don't get dirty, things along those lines. So you've got a house chore board and then you've got to have somebody that's, you know, the pit boss that's overseeing everybody. So a good, uh, we had an email come in just to kind of paint the picture for the people out there. 
this is a great profile for a housing supervisor. So again, they're going to be getting like, what's standard, Andy, like half off of a bed or half yeah. off of a room, right? Yeah, call it half off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like they're not salaried employees or anything like that. But we had an inquiry of a former Marine. He had done two tours. They did 20 years of property management and he was just looking for a private room. Like he, you know, for whatever reason, he was just trying to stretch out his twelve, thirteen hundred $1,300 social security income and just kind of have a place to stay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. That's your perfect profile. Perfect profile. And there's a lot of those people out there. I mean, there's so many of them out there. They just, you know, they're not in, they don't want to go over and work at the grocery store every day. They kick, they want to just kick back at the house, watch their TV. I know it sounds a little bit funny, but it's the reality. And then they've got eight, nine, 10 people that they're overseeing. And you know, what, what is their job when I say overseeing them? Just making sure stuff gets cleaned up more than anything else. Who's putting the trash out? Things like that. Yeah, basically, <laughs> you know, we're putting a polish on it, but guys, you know, like if, if we're going to be real, they're the house tattletale, right? <laughs> house tattletale. I like <laughs> and it. Then, and then that's going to go to the operational manager, which could be, you know, maybe like, like Andy said, former Marine that might be interested in real estate or something like that, or a management position. Or I know a lot of your guys, Andy, they were just, you know, younger hustler types that were interested in real estate. Yeah, right? you, you've got that. I mean, I've seen some females just be amazing running these things. I mean, I, I can, I can, <laughs> I can think of this one lady, you know, she's just kind of a older, you know, overweight white lady. She's kind of from the country. She smoke all the time. And, you know, she just liked to get on people's asses, right? I mean, what the <laughs> hell are you doing? You know, just getting on them and making sure that, you know, they were, why is this room not cleaned up? Stuff like that. You know, where's your money? I mean, look, you're running a business. <laughs> you're running a business. So you got to hire the right people to run the business for you. That's what you got to do. You make me think of when I was working with the property management company, one yeah. of the managers at one of the properties, she would be perfect for this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you'll, you'll know it. Just trust yeah. me. I mean, your gut sense will tell you. When you are looking through the resumes on Indeed or you're talking to people and you <laughs> you hear that person's voice and you can tell they've been smoking for 20 years and they don't take any SHAT off of anybody, that's the lady that you want running things for you. What I like about it, Andy, it's not like you, you don't need to have like $100,000 in your budget for a salary, right? Like uh, you found your first operational manager after like the second or third home and just kind of pitched them the vision, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you work out, I, I'm sure it's different for everybody, but it's basically you're taking your market rent and then some type of agreement with the operational manager to kind of split the profit up. Somehow. Yeah. So the again, I know I mentioned this earlier, but the way that I do it, since I own the real estate, I have my company pay me rent. And you know, typically it was a little bit below market because it made sense because I wasn't having to screw around with any of the maintenance, the repairs, the capex, none of that stuff. I mean, my, the money would just come in. I mean, it's the best game in town. The one caveat that I will throw out, I know we mentioned this in Group Home Riches all the time. What we like to do is we like to go into these C areas. That way we can keep the rents very, very, very affordable. And what I've kind of done over the last 20 years I try to target the C area properties that are seeing a lot of, you could call it gentrification, improvement, whatever you want to call it. 
So that way you're buying something for, you know, for sake of argument, 50 cents, and maybe 10 years later, it's worth a dollar or $2 or $5 or whatever. Now, keep in mind that when that does happen, your property taxes are going to go up unless, of course, you're living in California where you have Prop 13. So eventually your rents are going to get to a point because they have to, right? You're just trying to keep up with taxes where you're basically forced to sell the property because the numbers just don't work anymore. But you know, those are good problems to have. But I, I will throw that out there because if you're in the business for long enough and you go from a C area to a B area, eventually to an A area where there's a lot of demand, you just, you know, you can no longer run this type of business in those areas. Yeah. So Orlando, to kind of, you know, bring it back, like if you're looking for an operational manager, we kind of gave you like the, the profiles, right? So just to kind of give you an idea, I'm sure you're probably thinking like, oh man, that, that person would probably make a good house supervisor, right? And then in the Facebook group, I mean, that's your networking, that's your marketing ground for operational managers. You know, take, mm-hmm. you look, think of like all the people that maybe they work in the medical field or they work in group homes now, they're struggling to find a landlord or to find a house, right? But that's a, it's a really good, almost partnership opportunity. So that's a great place to find operational managers, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you bring up a good point there. Definitely just here locally in Minnesota, there's a couple of people within the Group Home Mistress group that are also here local to me, and we've connected and actually partnered with one individual, um, Marcelia. So we've definitely been staying in contact, but yeah, we just haven't put our heads together to figure out who we want to market or, or try and acquire a, a housing manager. So, manage all the properties, but yeah, Perfect. definitely something you need to do. So put already set in the foundation for that. That's awesome. Yeah. So before the call, me and Andy almost got, we almost got into a, one of our long combos. I'd like to kind of wrap up the interview with that. We were talking about kind of the 10 years to mastery or to kind of get out of the rat race. So we wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on this, Orlando. It seems like you're almost, you can kind of see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. So when did you start like your entrepreneurial vision or, you know, even your first business? When did you start that journey? I started during COVID. So in in spring of 2020, I knew I wanted to get into real estate. I knew I wanted to buy houses and have rental properties or rental income. So I was just praying about it. And I was looking on uh, researching the various courses and I started with um, Doug Depp's course for um, acquisition execution, just being able to, to buy proper search properties, analyze the deals, and just learn about the whole construction play too. So be, me being my own GC. And from there, it just snowballed into more properties in 2020, got multiple properties in 2020, got some in 2021 as well. And then spring of last year, for some reason, I always start my businesses in the spring, like in like May timeframe. <laughs> I don't know why, um, but I do. So yeah, so from from that, starting one business, being really successful in that, and just wanted to be do more with the buying the houses, renting them out, and then now learning about the ability to rent or buy, but being able to get more profit from multiple people living there versus just a single family. That's just a game changer in my eyes now. Knowing what I can do based off the relationships I have with my housing partners now to get more people from their clients into house with my my apartment complex is going to be built hopefully within the next eight to 10 months here. 
So yeah, just seeing that. But then one thing that I've, I've also been blessed with throughout this journey is just being able to network with other entrepreneurs that are also like-minded, similar businesses or a complementary business. So with one of my, uh, my friends, she has an assisted living home. So with my apartment building that we, um, that stuff, we build that, she wants to partner with me to rent the, the, the units out to her clients. So it's, it's again, just a win-win situation for both of us. So being able to leverage it for assisted living, single units, and also more for the cooperative living space. So knowing that that's definitely going to be a big cash cow moneymaker for, for both of us and just being able to do it on a larger scale. And that just helps me, will help me. And that's my, my plan to, to get out of the, the rat race to nine to five in the future. Beautiful. So I think you're moving a, a lot quicker than a lot of, you know, I think that's way faster than average. It's just, uh, <laughs> I see the saying, you know, it takes 10 years to master stuff. And that's kind of what yeah. I, what I found, you know, and I bet you, you know, you, that's when you took action was just a couple years ago, but I bet oh, yeah. you were like, you were reading books and like thinking about it for a few years before that. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the books, the podcast, all of that. Yeah. And the one thing I will say is it was more of an interest at the point. I didn't have a lot of the analysis paralysis that a lot of people have with not just the real estate, but a lot of different areas of, of starting a business even, but these learning, acquiring knowledge and having a good foundation before I actually went full blast, went full bore with it. So it was good. It was good. It's been good. It's been, like I said, it's been a journey, but a blessing in more than one way. And now just, I have two little ones too. So they go to my houses with me and they see, they know the, the different, the, the women and men's names and know the, the, the people that did bad things and all this stuff. So they see what I'm doing and seeing not just from what I do on my laptop at work, but also the other side of it and being able to, to get out there and experience with my son's cutting the grass. They, they help me paint sometimes and being able to learn various things or different things that I didn't learn until I was an adult with painting and fixing drywall, fixing toilets, et cetera. You know, they see me doing that and they're, they're getting their hands in a little bit in that too now. So kind of going back to the reason why I started was for the legacy generational, breaking the generational curses, the legacy building for my family and generational wealth is why it all started. But now knowing what I've done to date, it's been good. It's been successful. Um, there's definitely those trying times, but there's definitely um, a lot of good positive outcomes out of all that I've done. And it will just continue to be that way for myself and my, my family going forward. Yeah, it, uh, no, it, it's amazing. It's amazing what you've done. So, you know, for me personally, it did take probably about 10 years to at least get to the point where I didn't have to worry about bills. That was the first level for me of like, you know, getting out of the rat race. And I, I remember the very first day of me being self-employed, <laughs> you know, quit. I finally quit the golden handcuffs. That's when I found out I was having my, my son. So <laughs> he's nine. So yeah, it was, it was about, you know, it did take me about 10 years. And if we can just extrapolate, you know, what you've done the first year, you have the apartment complex, which is that's such a massive move. You know, if we fast forward like a year or two from now, you know, you're, you're definitely not going to be worrying about bills. Let's just say yeah. that. So, Andy, yeah, the, the uh, one thing, oh, go ahead. Oh, go, no, go ahead. No, the one thing I also say is, is it's for me, I'll just say, speak my own experience. The, the mentorship, these courses, the ones that I've purchased and been a part of, they've definitely helped guide me 
along the journeys for group homes or the cooperative living and also just for their um, initial real estate investing processes, you know. So the money that I invested with you guys and with other um, mentorship groups, it's already paid back in tenfold from what I didn't know previously or what I was initially expecting to get out of this. So it's definitely been good. And for me, I definitely say just this is the way I'm going to be going forward. So it's it's all about, for me, self-education, learning is a very big key factor for me. And, and also just trying to instill that in my, my little ones too. Um, paying for the service, for me, it, it motivates me to put my, all my effort into it versus just buying it and not attending or not learning the material or leveraging material, you know, and then also just the the, the vast benefits of the, the Facebook groups and these networking opportunities with other group home riches members. It's, this is all really good stuff, you know? So being able to help others while you're still learning, it just, for me, it just helps me improve my, what I know and what I can do. And being able to share that with other people has, has been very helpful. That is an amazing point. And I'm, I'm going to come back to that, but that's a great point. So, you know, it is about one, it's the, just the mindset, right? You have to have the right mindset. You need to have the hustle. Having the right vehicle is huge as well. That's probably what took me like a decade, right? I, I had mm-hmm. two previous vehicles that didn't really work out. So Andy, I'll, I'll throw that question to you, you know, just kind of back to what we were talking about before we hopped on the call. Why don't you tell people, you know, you were an overnight success, right? You came from well. Yeah. Yeah. The 20 year overnight success. I yeah. mean, <laughs> look, all this stuff takes so long, you know, so I, I've tried and failed on multiple businesses and I, I too, Orlando, I've got, I got three little ones, you know, like yesterday, my daughter was wigging out because she was trying to make a paper mache dog and she couldn't do it. But like, she, I think her teacher like did it the day before or something like that. And she thought she'd be able to do it. And she was getting very frustrated. And I, I told her, I said, when you got on a bike the first time, you were not able to ride it. You know, it takes a while. So same thing with these companies, right? I mean, I've had multiple businesses and Brandon and I have talked about it, but I mean, I, I've got, Brandon, I'll tell you about one of them where I was importing something from basically from Taiwan and uh, <laughs> it was a nightmare. I thought I'd be able to sell these things and I couldn't sell them. And yeah, it was just, um, but I learned a lot from it because I had to, it, I knew how to sell prior to that. But now with that business, it forced me to learn how to market. And uh, anyways, n- nothing ever happened with the business. It didn't go well, but I learned a lot from it. So yeah, I think it's a 10 year process to start like, you know, just kind of getting your bearings and then probably 15 years until you're like, all right, I've got my vehicle. I'm good right now. And then, you know, if you find your vehicle and you really stick with it, I think it's, you know, 15 to 20 year process before you're like, wow, I'm, I'm really, really, really feeling great. So that's my personal opinion. I think it's a, it's a 10 to 20 year process basically. Yeah. Agreed. Which nobody wants to hear. I mean, nobody (laughs) wants to hear that because it's, well, I'm, you know, you always overestimate how much you can do in six to 12 months and you underestimate how much you can do in a decade because nobody's really thinking a decade out, but you have to think in decades. You have to. Yeah. I'm talking not from the time you get your first property, but I'm talking about like the time you, you make that decision in your mind, like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm interested in business. Like I need to get out of the rat race, you know? So the folks listening out there, you've probably been 
thinking about this stuff for years. So you got to get it started. You just, it is, you got to do what Orlando did. And it is totally about the finding the right vehicle. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at what Orlando did with this. He feels like he's, of course it's a struggle. Right. But I mean, look what you've done in one year, Orlando. I mean, it's incredible. (laughs) How long would that have taken if you did go the buy and hold route, you know, think Mm, think about that. It's, it's, it's crazy. And, so. the, and the beauty is you, Orlando, you have your base built up at this point. Like if you want to, all you have to do is just, you know, manage it now. I mean, stabilize it and manage it and you're pretty much set. Yeah, no, that's so true. And I, for me, I, I was initially just wanted to do 10 homes. That was actually my goal that I built last year within a year to get 10. So, so the last three at nine and last three was again, to just do word of mouth. So it was blessings upon blessings and, I didn't, it was too good to turn down. So that's why I got it. But yeah, definitely just now just kind of stabilizing all the existing homes and now pivoting to the, the new construction is what I'm, I'm going to be focusing on. That's going to be huge. So I can't wait for part three when we talk about Orlando, the, the multifamily mogul, <laughs> right? That's going to be big. And um, kind of the key to that, and I just, you know, for the folks just starting out, right? It's a, uh, apply this lesson to, you know, your first property. Orlando, would you feel confident building an apartment complex if you didn't have these partnerships with your local referral sources? Oh, not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So he's been networking the word of mouth, right? You were probably introduced to a ton of people, but you have, uh, you know, it's not like every contract is filled, but with your current referral sources, there's enough demand to fill up an apartment complex, right? Exactly. Yeah. That and and one of my um, housing partners, he, I have two clients of his. He's um, an entrepreneur. So he has a couple of businesses. He just bought two 11 unit buildings. So I'm tapping into him to understand how he, what he did for, for his buildings, how he's fixing them up. But not just that, learning his other business, which is the, the community-based services, so learning that whole process too to understand, see if I need to open up another business to have that entity where I'm also able to have the clients and then have them live in my units as well, aside from my, my firm of the assisted living license and also with my cooperative living client or housing partners now. So learning more through the, the course of networking and talking with other, like I said before, like-minded individual entrepreneurs about new business opportunities. So yeah. Yeah, you've taken that, you know, the simple concept that we teach in the gold course for folks just starting out that want to partner with a landlord. And in one year, you've taken that concept to an apartment complex. It was wild to see. So <laughs> I think we kind of, we have a good idea of it, but just in your, in your own words, kind of where do you see yourself moving towards the, in the future? What are the projects you're working on? Where, where do you see yourself in the next year? Yeah, so... I'm actually excited about the housing market right now. I know the home prices in, in our area are dropping. And then I'm seeing a lot. So I, I track various markets and I'm seeing a lot of homes up for auction now too. So being able to get a lot of those properties, if I do get more properties versus the the new construct or the, the new bills I'm doing, getting some more of those properties and just holding on to that. And leveraging them for either a family to live in or even just a cooperative living space again. But definitely real estate is where I'll be putting a lot of my, my time and energy over the next year, 
and years to come. Orlando, what to- websites are you are you going to? Auction.com, 10x. What are you going to? Yeah, to, to yeah auction.com is the one that I have various searches set up. Okay. But then also just Zillow and um, Realtor.com too, just yeah. for the very uh, the different markets. Just for the, the I, I try and track the the new homes and also the the I can I get the notification when prices drop. Yeah. So knowing those areas where the demand is and how motivated the sellers are to get out of their properties. Well, Orlando, you've given so much value and, you know, this call and then the one we did last year, shoot me an email, you know, I'll hop on a Zoom call with you and I'll show you how to find people before they get to the auction block. So, okay, yeah, definitely. That's what I used to do. That's what, you know, getting back into it. It's how I found Andy. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll show you how to get those basically infinite ROIs that you don't need to calculate like Andy does. (laughs) So, (laughs) all right, cool. So we could do this all day, <laughs> but we're going on a, an hour of uh, Orlando. You know, do you have any, any final words, any final thoughts you want to let the people know where they can find you? Yeah. So um, I guess you can find me on, I'm, I'm pretty active in the, the group home, Rich's Facebook group, but I think it's just Orlando Bryant's my, my profile name for that. And also Instagram, my website is Borealis group, LLC.com. Um, and I can share that with you if you want to paste it later on. But yeah, yeah. Just the, the parting words I'd say is ask a lot of questions, pray about what you want. And once you receive your blessing, don't complain about what you receive because it's what you prayed for. So um, um, accept it and deal with the adversity that's, that you're going to experience. But through adversity is where you, you have that challenge and that's you grow when you go through that. So networking with people within the group, talking with Brandon and Andy and others within your local areas that are in the same type of business that you are with the cooperative living or just even being a landlord to help them guide you or even just myself still even through the things that you're going through. And again, just to go back to what I said earlier, this relationships is so important. So being a, a man and a woman of your word, it's going to, to help you go far and, and build the trust um, of others from the agencies, from the payees, from the clients also. Just so being able to um, take care of your property or their rooms within your properties for those that you, you do get in there. I'll leave it at that, but, but yeah, just take action and um, don't have analysis paralysis when you're going through this. Just ask questions, search the, the group, the Facebook group. There's a ton of content in there. A lot of questions are asked more than once, but but yeah, it's it's definitely the content's there for a lot of the questions asked. Just got to search through and, and find it, but it's all there. No, I'm definitely happy to be on the call again with you guys um, for my one year anniversary and just talking about the success that I've had within my my business. Yeah, well, you you're a shining example of what can be done when you put your mind to it. You have a good attitude. You have faith you get over your analysis paralysis. And like you said on that last one, being a man of action. So yeah, it's been beautiful to see. Andy, you have any, any parting words for the folks out there? Same thing Orlando said, just take action, you know, take action and and operate quickly, 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 quickly. You got to go fast. So think about what Orlando did in the last 12 months. Use that to motivate yourself. Love it. So folks out there listening, if you're just curious about the business and you're you're not already on it, head on over to grouphomeriches.com, sign up for the free five-part guide, 
you know, we're going to answer your FAQs through that from there. If it sounds like it's something you want to do, you know, Orlando brought up a really good point about mentorship. Okay. So I learned that lesson in, used to have a recording studio and I worked with, well, I paid him. (laughs) So I paid one of the biggest, you know, engineers, producers out there to come one night. It was like overnight after doing that, our success just skyrocketed. I picked up so much just by like asking him questions. So that gave me that lesson and kind of propelled me forward from there. And, you know, I do it now. I did it with wholesaling, had a partner that kind of tutored me, mentored me even now with Andy. Right. And even with our business, you know, it's not, (laughs) it's not an accident that if you guys are looking this stuff up that you see us everywhere. You know, me and Andy have invested a lot of money into learning the uh, online marketing game. Okay. So we do that for the group home side of things too. We've mentioned the, the gold course with that, you get access to the Facebook group, you know, the pitch that you can use to find partners that we have marketing calls in there. So you can actually hear, you know, real live conversations with the housing partners that we've talked about your referral sources, so much stuff in there. And, uh, you know, Orlando brought up another great point, ask questions. We're there. You can email us anytime if you have questions along the way. So that's my parting word. So look forward to working with everybody out there that's listening now. So Orlando, thank you so much for coming on again, man. It's truly been awesome to see what you've accomplished. And I can't wait for part three to hear about this apartment complex and you getting out of the golden handcuffs here soon. Yeah. Thank you. This was fun. Appreciate it. Thanks, Orlando. All right. Thank you, guys.